I wanted us to talk about the beginning, the beginning. Uh, so I was, I was in a place where I was trying to write children's books and I wanted someone to help me sell them. So I posted an advert on Arisha mailing looking for someone who can help me sell and you contacted me and then you bought like like 10, 20 copies for... for exactly, and I came to your office that time you were working at Tanzania Investment Bank it was because I was running a like a after school program in Laroi and I was looking for material and I remember seeing your, your advert for children's books and we thought you were just selling someone else's books but you had written these books I put another advert looking for someone to help me sell the books exactly and then you contacted me again I needed something to do so I was like okay I can also just sell books <laughs> We weren't friends at that time. Like we were just, it was just like a business yes. transaction. Uh, you yeah. were selling books. You got someone to do it. I just left and I continued my thing. And then I think it was 2016 at Vagina Monologues. Like, so I was sitting next to you. I did not know you. This like Sungi. By that time, I already have her number. I would be communicating about how many books I'm selling and whatnot. But I really don't know her. She doesn't know me. We're just two people in Arusha trying to get by. At this time, we were still in TIB. Yeah. We were sitting on the same bench or like the same aisle, right next to each other the entire time. Yes. Exactly. And then it was a raffle ticket moment. And I think it was you who was like, yeah. you didn't know whether your number was a seven or a one or something yes, like yes, this. I, I wanted, yeah. yeah. So you wanted to cl- a clari- clarification. <laughs> and then you just turned into me and you're like, excuse me, this is a one or a seven. And we were really happy. For me, I was really happy because I was there alone. I was too. But I was really happy because we were talking. I don't remember the conversation. That same night, we didn't want to go home. So we went out party, danced our heads off. I just didn't want to go back home that day. And I just remember the music being really good. And then you were like, yeah, you can just just come stay over, right? So I slept over at your place and then we got to talking about like what we're doing and art and you told me that you know you're you work at TIB but your passion is in visual art and you want to be like you're thinking about a get out plan and then I remember you were I think you were just really excited to have someone around so you were like you know you can come stay with me do you remember this? I know I just like last night uh, I mean that was a Saturday remember yeah and Although it turned sour in about a week, <laughs> we still tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I move in. I'm like, I go and get my stuff and I just bombard you with my life in this tiny space. I think it can have two people, which we did later on. I think we were cohabitating later on. Yeah. Is it cohabitating or cohabiting? <laughs> cohabiting. But at that time, I felt like we had a good time. Everything up until I moved in were just all positive things. We were also talking about places to go because we were like, what's there to do in Arusha? What do people do on weekends? And we're just trying to figure things out. So anyways, I come in and after day three, I could see in your face (laughs) that you're like, 
this person needs to leave me alone <laughs> because we were in each other's spaces kabisa you know yeah because yeah because the house was too empty by the way just a, like a fun fact sungi is a is such a great craftswoman you made your sofa you made your shelves you made your like a storage cabinet thingy with the wheels i mean it's amazing but we hadn't had that yet and i but i remember the good thing is that we had dstv we had your tv your mom had had given you her tv all of it was for borrowing so like we had a fridge but we knew your mom was gonna get it back uh we had a tv <laughs> we knew that's that's also short-lived and so we were watching cooking sh- i remember we were just watching cooking shows going <laughs> When are we ever going to eat such food? But anyways, after day three, I I could tell this was too soon. Like we moved in too soon. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like the beginning of a loveless marriage, and so I I said okay maybe I should move out. So so I, I, but I had that discussion. I don't know if you remember. Was I passive aggressive or did I actually like entangle the the agenda and be like I need to give you space. I think- Yeah, exactly. You were passive aggressive. It's true. You wanted your time alone, and and the thing about Sung is that she will not hesitate to tell you. Like, can you please just know? I remember when you started painting, and I was just obsessed with coming over. Sometimes I'll just show up and you're painting, and you you wouldn't even open the door. You're like, okay, yeah. no, not today. Just go back where you came from. In fact, I finished. But the annoying artist was really about like moving around town, talking to people, and then setting up things and stuff. I would just pass by. Whereas for you, you really needed like your quiet time. But I appreciated it. It taught me something. It's not you weren't hostile or anything. You were just like no, 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 no. Not like just please. We do this Friday for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's the story. <laughs> yeah, that is the story. But then we just became the best of friends. So I think. Well, the, the good thing was the me moving out, I started teaching at a school um, in Moshono, which I found out was not registered, and the guy was a con artist, and I was there for like two months, one month paid, one month unpaid, and it was a huge fight, and it was good, it was a good experience, but what I think what brought us close at that time was we would work on our jobs, because you're still at TIB, and we, we were just like... Um, catching up on work every day and uh, pushing each other to to do those uh, artistic endeavors on the side. I think you introduced me to going out and not like going out partying, but yes. you'd be like, let's just drive. And I remember we drove to Old Oh my God, Yes. We ate meat. We were stopped by the traffic and we told them oh, we're going to order someone to eat meat and they were like you don't come back here without meat and we bought the meat and that was really refreshing because then stressing out about a lot of things made me have something to look forward to and i think that's when the friendship started because you know we would just talk forever about things about what we want to do about what pisses us off about what we're insecure about or about what we we want to achieve Mpaka, the traffic police. If I would drive without you, like if I was on my way to you and they stopped me and I wasn't with you, they would be like, where's your sister? I yeah. I think this is also where people started thinking like, you are my yes. girlfriend. <laughs> Let's talk more about like, how you found the job and then how you started like, slowly transitioning to art. Um, I started as an intern in 2014. I remember I graduated from uni in 2013 and then I started to business with my sister.
Exactly, a silent auction. Or sealed, it was sealed, wasn't it? Even. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. And I remember it was you, so you were, you were displaying your art, but there was a Cameroonian um, artist, um, this really cool girl yeah. called Ethel Tawe. I remember you sold, and you had a higher estimate than what you got, right? Yes. Yes. It was good money also like on the subject of expectation i don't think i what I, i've always liked about you is that you you never lowered your value on your art like your price on it and and you wouldn't you are not going to budge you would it's like it's okay if it's not bought it's not bought but we had done a lot of shows before that where you you exhibited your work right or was that the first one no that was the first one then after, I remember I had to do surrogate, so I made three three portraits. Ah, yes. Oh, in black and white. And exactly, and I think we sold all of them, right? Did. I remember, so it was, I think it was my first visual art exhibition. And I had talked to a, a guy called Freddie, and he had this, uh, he's a lawyer, and he had this really nice space and office. In Haile Selassie here in Arusha and I, I think we were also brainstorming about 
coming together and bringing Arusha. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of people who have a lot of ideas for Arusha because it's very quiet. Yeah, talking to Freddie, he allowed me to use his space, and then that was my first visual art exhibition. And then we kept doing my shows, and we would, I would just have your paintings be sold because yeah. because immediately, like from the first uh, exhibition that I did at Haile Selassie, people were in love. And I remember we we started then our hustling phase. I started selling McHugh's clothes. Uh, yeah. Exactly, and with. Thrifty. It was called Thrifty. I had a logo and everything it was black and yellow, and I printed it from Canva. Yeah, exactly. We were like discovering Canva, and we would just be on Canva all the time making our business cards. <laughs> and so there was a farmer, like in Arusha, there's a farmers market. So there's there's two of them, and and the one in Usa River allowed me to to come and sell used clothes. And yeah, we would just hang out in this farmers market, and whatever we got, we would always take a little bit for food. We were so obsessed with food. <laughs> exactly. So we would just finish, we just finish this farmer's market or whatever hustle, whatever we were doing. I mean, I, mean, I remember you were selling um, herbs, right? You were selling like coriander. <laughs> exactly. At the farmer's market. So you would sell coriander and rosemary and... And rosemary and all these I think you sold potted yeah. plants as well. And... Um, Sometimes we'd be so pissed at each other, but I'm just like, okay, fine, I'm gonna come and help you because, of course, you you were helping me a lot. Yeah. It was really good, and we went and celebrated. We celebrated everything. We just had to put an excuse. We, we had to have a, a, an excuse to eat food. Uh, and if it, it could be something so small. We'd just go for a cake somewhere, or we'd go for nyama somewhere, and we'd just keep on talking. But, but at this time, you, you had now quit TIB. Uh, yeah, I'll go to hotels and see if they can put up my work. I went to New Arusha, I remember. Yeah. Um, some of the few that accepted were New Arusha. Arusha Coffee Fudge and, and Mount Merrigan Lodge. But then, yeah, I just kept on trying to put my art out there. I didn't want to wait. Paint just like saw my paintings in the house. Mm-hmm. It was the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually laughed after 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 writing it down and reading it out loud. I laughed and I just 
adopted that attitude after that because I would then overthink things, right? I would always panic and I don't know. I would just always panic and think about the worst things happening when I was down. And you were just like, what is the crying going to help you? You know, and you, of course you weren't saying it in a, in a hostile way. You were, you were just trying to be practical with me. Like, okay, find a solution. It sunk into me that time when you were like, it's not going to help us sitting here worrying. And I, I think like you had very good mental block like a, a, at the right time because you are you aren't trying to let me scare you into doing something crazy or but i wanted to tell a story of like how then you started thinking about applying to galleries at outside arusha saying you know what every day i'm just going to send an email to xyz worst thing that can happen is is, is that they don't they say no and that's fine i figured out that i'm not Oh my gosh, we had the biggest dreams when we were the brokest. We were like, you know what? If we save enough, we can go to Madagascar. Hapo, we do not have Pesa and We were big dreamers. But yeah, you're right. We really wanted to travel. right yeah, yeah. god bless swift he has hosted so many people <laughs> he's a treasure oh my god i know he's, he's awesome is he thinking what are all these tanzanian artists just coming to crash over my place like what's their problem <laughs> but i was no longer sad because you know in the beginning we had just we, it just felt like we had already formed this kind of force in arusha and, and of course, in the back of my mind, I knew you wanted more and we all wanted more for each other. But it just felt like we were, yeah, we were a good team. Yeah, I could call on you for things and I had felt comfortable um, around you. You know, I could just completely, complete. I was not holding back 100%. Like if I wanted to, yeah. and I think it's because we had such similar stories. When you were starting to mention going away, it kind of hurt. I was just like, I have to start over again with someone if she leaves and I just felt complete, you know, of course it was like a, a selfish um, thought, but it was coming from a good place, but it's just like, I just wanted you around. Yeah. We did Christmas fair and 
there was this Kenyan artist next to our booth and they were was it Joe Wary? I think it was Yes, they were the ones running running the pop up show and they asked asked us to participate. Mm-hmm. So before I stayed in Swift Place I I contacted an, an old friend from uni mm-hmm. and they gave me a place to crash my Exactly. This was a show at uh, Das Depot, a railway, Nairobi Railways. Yes. We set it up in one of the old wagons. And that was like one of the places where I met like so many artists. I've met so many artists in Nairobi than in any, any other. And Swift had so much connection. Mm-hmm. Like the other artists. So they all came. I think the, I mean, the most people who came for the exhibition were artists. Um, I met one fellow. So everything that was that was remaining, I took it around to galleries in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. One of them was polka dots. Yes, they helped me sell a, a lot of my pieces. Yeah, and, and um, another another person contacted. They saw my work at polka dot. I sold two works. In the that payment, actually, I'd gone to Mombasa. Mm-hmm. I went to Mombasa for for another pop up market mm-hmm. and. And also an, another exhibition, and I sold zero mm. all these bands, and and then that, that collector like bought the two paintings. Just like that. Just like that. It was around the time that I was supposed to go to Kampala. One of the galleries I had emailed that had invited me for a workshop, and I didn't have like money for accommodation, so that payment was just like one of the most important ones. I was like two weeks late for the workshop because I, I was waiting for the exhibition I was doing in Mombasa to end. Mm-hmm. I was a little intimidated at first because, uh, like, was like going to this group of artists, like that seemed to do what they were doing, and I was just this person who was two weeks late. <laughs> yeah, but then they seemed to like what I was doing, mm-hmm. and I made like three paintings, mm-hmm. and two were selected. For the exhibition that happened after the end of the workshop, yeah. But then I had to go back to to I had to go to Shinyanka, yeah. And I was I was working with a Canadian artist to make a mural, not a mural, a, a large painting for about a week, and, and then and then come come to Kampala right away. I, I got back to Kampala on the same day that the exhibition was happening. We did the exhibition. Uh, the response was good. So after the exhibition, because I didn't know like what was happening next, I went to Kigali, Rwanda, mm-hmm. for for some time. The gallery called me and they're like, "You should come back. You should start working." And I was like, "I was I was freaked out a bit because I I had this notion of losing my freedom." So yeah. What is the 
blessing and curse of being under a gallery? So before before I started working with the gallery, mm-hmm. I didn't know there was uh, exclusivity. I can't, I can't make a painting and tell it to you like, look here, mm-hmm. do you want to buy this? There has to be a proper channel. Everything goes through them. I was afraid of that. I thought that uh, like I was losing, I was gonna be lose my, my freedom. Uh, but then after working with the gallery, taking that leap and, and just deciding to try it out, mm-hmm. I think the exposure that I've gotten, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten without the gallery. Maybe I would have gotten it, but way later, like way later, not as fast. The gallery has all these contacts that they have accumulated mm-hmm. throughout the, their lifetime. Database of collectors of of all these people who are interested in art. If, if the gallery really knows what it's doing and committed mm-hmm. to taking its artists out there, that, that really helps. Because mm-hmm. I think art fairs, art fairs are a great way of exposing artists because so many people and got like so many people but are not really from the art world it's hard to get like proper constructive criticism because for us we were like oh my gosh Sungi can paint you know and we would just say that all the time for every painting we were like oh my gosh this is even better than the last one and of course they are all beautiful and you're talented but you're right you have to surround yourself when when you're trying to get ahead in your world and your skill it's great to surround yourself with professionals and people who obviously not people who are trying to make you into something else i I also doubt that that's something that can happen with you because i I know you're very strong-minded but you you also welcome some suggestions and it makes sense yeah so that has been quite helpful so for me um the downside which for me is not really much of a big deal Mm -hmm. is like of course you have to give a huge commission but I don't mind that because I would never have reached to the prices that I am at mm-hmm. now. It's like, no problem. And also, like taking away all, all the administrative part of the work. Mm-hmm. Now I just I just make art. I don't have to, of course I have to respond to a few people who email me directly, but mm-hmm. I even don't have to do that if I choose to. I just have to create. I have someone who helps me prime my canvas. Do you remember how it... KK, I used to like <laughs> press the camera. Yeah, I used to do everything by yourself. Yeah, like all that is done. Mm-hmm. I don't have to market my work. I don't have to. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I hated most. I don't think I'm a still a natural. Mm-hmm. It was just very difficult to sell my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so having other people do that really is a burden off my shoulders. But I, I'm sure you will. You're, you're also learning how to speak more about your art. Exactly, getting words to to put into my art because the art lingo was just like too complex for me. It's still too complex, and I feel like it's snobbish at, at times. But those things are really good to practice at, and I think people don't they don't see the importance of sitting down and putting your work and your progress in words. 
even if let's say you're just posting your pictures of your artwork and it's really good on Instagram, for example, but then someone very serious then wants to get in touch with you and to be with you and to directly contact you. I mean, I think they're going to ask you some of these technical questions and you kind of just need to be comfortable and used to, to do, yeah. to talking about it, to write, to sending it in. And it doesn't cost much. Like, I mean, if you have Instagram, it means you can, it means you have a smartphone and you can just practice on how to do like paragraphs of, of your work. And it means that you have internet access, which means that you can Google templates of how to write about your artwork. It doesn't have, and I think people then get scared. It's like, oh, it's too technical or must I, must I do it in, in English? And it's like, well, do it in Swahili, whatever, do it in whatever language. And then, you know, someone, then you can just ask someone to then translate it. It's not about the language. It's about like being able to properly phrase what it is that you you're doing. Exactly. I didn't know this, but that really helps in your growth as an artist and knowing is it what it is that you really want. It, it just forces you to ask yourself these deep questions. Mm-hmm. You learn more about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And it's maybe good. in a month's time, like when I keep practicing and asking myself more questions, it, it will even be better. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, just like you say, like, more practice, updating it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the highlights of your time at, at the gallery in Kampala, Afiat, since then, the big exhibitions. Um, so, I just, I just did one exhibition, and that was uh, at the beginning, it was a group show, so, so all, all the artists mm-hmm. that are participating, we, we all did this one workshop, mm-hmm. Um and then, after that, I've just been to art fairs. Like, the first one was uh, Latitude in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And I've never felt so afraid. <laughs> it was just like, because uh, the gallery told me that, imagine, like, every gallery picks up its best, 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 mm-hmm. and, and they bring them together. It's like competition. It's like, yeah. see good work there. Yeah. So, if, when you get good feedback there, then you know you're you're among the okay. like you're surrounded by like one of the best like artists. So I was very nervous. I was like, like what if nobody likes my work? Okay. And I, I was more I wasn't even more con- I was I was concerned about how people will take yeah. like, this actual self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I was so relieved. As long as anyone told me that they liked I was at peace. Yeah. It's such a new world and you don't think you measure up. But of course, the whole reason you're in Johannesburg is because you're, you measure up. You just say they're they picking the best. Yeah, and they're sending them out there. So, but, but I do understand, like, it's because it's such a new world and it's like... Uh, and I'm sure other artists were feeling the same way. I don't think you were alone. But of course, it's a huge uh, thing to be told, yeah, we're picking you for this. Yeah, sometimes it's when you're that nervous, you, you're kind of... You kind of forget what even being there just means. Even just being there means, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay, and then you sold yeah. everything. Yes. Oh, yes. On the opening night. Oh, my God. Night, of course. Like, wow. Oh, my God. I was like over the moon. That was which year? Which which month was this? Was this last year, right? That, that was September 2019. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like if you make work that that works for you, then it doesn't matter. 
It's true, it's true. Wow. So... <laughs> yeah, like by then, did you ever just stop and think, where would I be if I just stayed at KK Security, like in Arusha, chilling? I have no idea. Because that was the same year. I left on uh, February and that was in September. Like, yeah, it moved oh, so fast. Know. Exactly. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be from KK to go <laughs> at there. Exactly. Like, in, in less than a year. Um, just making that decision, like so that, 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 the tough decision to. Mm-hmm. you're also a very quiet person like i remember like you you used to just really enjoy me talking about your work at the show and, yeah. and and i know you wanted to and it's not like you couldn't but i think your your demeanor and your nature is really like a, you like producing and showing the work but to talk more about it and to go out there and, and uh, speak was not in your comfort zone now of course you're it's a big improvement that you and this is why also i was just very proud because from a person who didn't want to talk about their paintings in arusha is gonna just go and sell their paintings alone where they'd have to talk about them in other countries you know um yeah. and i think then that just accelerated your confidence it's like, it's like learning to swim by exactly but i think the whole journey like navigating my my survival from Nairobi to Mombasa to Kampala like I had to talk to people make things happen on my own mm-hmm. so I think that really <laughs> that helped and this is like one of the questions that I, I tried to uh, to focus on how have uh, have you as an artist have made opportunities for yourself and not just waited for them to come because I think it's very important for emerging artists or artists who are maybe struggling on how to to f- and it's not that people are not doing it it's just that i want to highlight i really love to highlight how the artists who are doing a good job or who are now out there doing their thing did it because they pushed themselves and they just created opportunities for themselves even if it didn't pay they stuck to their to their work they stuck to working they stuck to creating because of course you're not of course, you're then not an artist if you're not like you're not making the art. It's like you didn't wait for everything that you've painted to sell so that you can paint more. You just kept painting. You just every day yeah. when you finish one painting, you start another. And and it doesn't take. It's like the world is so connected. It doesn't take that much. It's just like going on the internet and emailing a bunch of people and just showing them yeah. your work. Well, um, yeah. The same bundle you would you would spend on Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. Like even using Instagram. Okay, so maybe yeah. maybe some people don't have like a really quality camera to to take photos of uh the high definition photos of their work. Which by the way, I don't know like there's so many photographers in Arusha, right? Like 15, 16 year olds who are in the road with really good camera cameras who you can I'm sure can you can just ask for them to take your artwork. I don't think it's but anyways, maybe people don't have that but they do have smartphones they have they have instagram pages and you can just there's so much and, and uh instagram is, is like one of the best platforms like for uh, at this era mm-hmm. you can be a, a successful artist whether you're independent or you're with gallery because exactly social media helps make things way easier mm-hmm. 
to your work. Like, you taught me hashtags. <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah. And like, just do what you can. Mm-hmm. Just the least of that you can. You never know who who on Instagram, what connection will, will, will stumble into your work and like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many things we can take advantage of. Even though you're at help, I don't know. Like, the chances, the, the, the more people out there see it, the chances of that one person who likes it. Mm -hmm. And um, my next question would be, how do you think you've changed, like personally? What version of Sungi did you leave behind when you left? Mm, I think I was more playful. Playful? (laughs) I was more of a dreamer and less of a... Okay, as much as you think I did, I don't think... (laughs) I did, I did a hundred percent. Like planning it all and procrastinating, I don't know. My self discipline, it still needs work, but it's improved greatly, yeah. Yeah, I think I I work harder now. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm more than work. (laughs) So, you thought you would, you were procrastinating? But you still did it, you know, better late than never. I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying. And I think we all have this um, urge to, to, to be a little bit hard on ourselves. But, you, like, yeah. whenever you take the action, it is early enough. Even if for you, you thought... Yeah, true. Um, true. Because can you imagine, like, so what? You would want to have made it now? Would you even have made it now if you were still in Arusha? Maybe something would have it's come up. And right. so there were valid things that were holding you back, you know? Yeah. So I think a lot of us were a little bit hard on ourselves. On, but I think you needed that time. I think you needed to... All those things that happened, happened yeah. like, for a reason. Because maybe... Yeah. The, the, things just maybe wouldn't have aligned. Yeah. Um, as they did, had you done it, like, maybe a year before, maybe there wouldn't be these... Uh, at fairs and le- for example let's say you then did it now you wouldn't be able to travel now there's a lockdown so it's like what happened yeah, yeah. at that time yeah. was the exact right time for you to do things and it was early enough okay. yeah okay i take that back that was like actually yeah thinking about it yeah that was like no like you told this <laughs> no i'm just I, i've had that before no i tell myself <laughs> Yeah. Like to last me a considerable amount of time. Because also like 
with an artist in you can make like lots of sales now and then you don't know for how long you're gonna have to wait without making any sales. Yeah. So yeah, it just forced me to think of myself first without rushing into putting money on paying back debt or mm-hmm. helping someone out or whatever. Of course I, I have to I have to have a plan because I have to pay back my all my debts eventually. Yeah. But just pay them in, in, in a sustainable manner. Zambia, so we can see manga. He said he's in Zambia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, all this is of course dreams. It will be. It will be really nice. I really want to go to Rwanda and just see it. Yes, um, I go to Rwanda. I, I, I love Rwanda. Yeah. I go back. I met. I met a good friend there, and mm-hmm. yeah, it will be nice to yeah. be together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's a really impressive place, and yeah, all the stories I hear from you, of course. I I heard from you. I really really want to go to Rwanda. Um, we were supposed to do Rwanda this year. Yes. I was so ready. Are you working now? Well, <clears throat> about that. <laughs> so I've been. I tried. I tried. I was doing home videos. Um, but you know, it hasn't been working out. But um, I've been buying my gear, <laughs> so. I have the shoes. I have like two pairs of shoes. I have my raincoat. I'm I'm trying to get a bag, like a waterproof bag. Slowly, slowly stacking up. I know I'll be fine. Um, uh, but I yeah. Have a whole bag of, like mountain gear, like for me, like ready, like any moment. Okay, like, good. Yeah, it's in one bag. I just yeah carry it everywhere. We're on our way. That's good. Yeah. yeah, so I have to just finish the stacking up. Um, when I am positive and sure we're going to be climbing it. <laughs> then I'll start running. Um, but until then, I will be doing my best to keep active. I really try. Like, I get this. I get energy, man. I get. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I will just tell... Yeah, yeah. I'll just tell him, please, can you, can you, like, uh, help me with your tire? So, like, he has fuso tires. With the rim, eh? Yani, proper, proper. And I just want to, like, push this back and forth, being exercise. 
and I would do it with so much force. After 24, like after 48 hours, Apo, Baba's kumbili tatu. I've forgotten it, Kabisa. Immediately, <laughs> I bang the tires. They are being rained on. No one does anything. Sometimes I get, I'm like, today, today I'm going to go to Esami. Esami, which is in town. I go there, I run, I'm sweating, I'm feeling nice. Two days, I'm done. But I'm fasting now. So <laughs> I think it's helping me with my diet. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you know what? It's good because everyone in the house is fasting, right? So it actually keeps me busy because I'm happy. Like I'm here, I'm working, I'm not thinking about food until six. So after I got off the line with you, I just keep continuing editing. I'm online, I'm doing my things, I'm submitting things. And before you know it, it's time to break your fast. So I think it's good for me because before... Yeah, I'm fasting for Ramadan. Well, I'm fasting during Ramadan. I'm not actually doing it for, for Ramadan. Um, yeah, I'm just fasting with everyone in solidarity. Because also I think it's time for me to to bring my body back into a healthy pattern. And I think fasting is really good. Because I would just I would just eat all the time in Guangu. Like, because I would just come into town to do the uh, procurement errands for the school. And... Just my hapa like lunchtime everyone is eating you're eating then after that you have mm-hmm. azam ice cream ay 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 yeah we should do rezoni then we run back exactly i think that's a good plan yeah like they have the first and then the relax exactly i love your your relaxing tactics because mimi my relaxing is not your relaxing somewhere you want a seven star hotel and uh <laughs> A guy bringing you juice, Mimi. I don't know, but anyways, <laughs> I want to be as stingy as possible. Um, if if you can just camp somewhere in someone's yard, it's fine. Oh my god, no, no, no. <laughs> no because of the situation, but yeah, I think you also taught me how to just be like to treat myself a little bit because I've been too hard on my on myself and the funny thing is that i'm so frugal with my money but it doesn't mean that i like spend it on anything important or like at least used to i just i'm just stingy i know i i wouldn't spend money on like a night at a hotel but then i would go and buy some silly shit that maybe i wouldn't even use for (laughs) so i don't know what it is i can't reconcile the two I'm frugal, but I'm also a, a vile spendthrift. Like you'd bargain for a hundred. <laughs> I would. A hundred, a hundred on tomatoes. Oh, yeah. it's true. Sometimes I walk away and I'm like, really, Rukia, you had to bargain for that one hundred, one hundred shillings, my friend. One hundred shillings for me is like, maybe nikiyua tu mtu anongezia mia, say bala. But but like yeah, I can just pay an extra five ten thousand that was really unnecessary for something um anyways i don't know humans are complex oh i'm just an idiot i don't know one of them um <laughs> so how are the how are the how are the sales going during the lockdown um i'm spending less because i used to go out like <laughs> several times a week yeah Just shop for unnecessary things, mm-hmm. but you just find yourself like the best things. It's 
not for toilet paper, you buy toilet paper. But mm-hmm. that's all. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to buy anything that you don't need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been spending less. But also, um, at first I thought like nobody would be buying art at all. Mm-hmm. I thought like the world has changed and people will never buy art ever, that people will just buy food. Yeah, but uh, um, in the beginning, like, like when uh, when it all started, like when I was, it would be like a month, maybe three weeks back, when like everyone was talking about it. Mm-hmm. The, the majority of people were in really fearful phase. Mm-hmm. After a few weeks, yeah, I'm, I'm still getting inquiries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think though I'll have like I'll still have an income. That's good. It's, yeah. you know, when you're talking with other artists, it's really tough on their side. They're like, yeah, I'm just being on the phone with you, so I hypothesis that so I forget about eating because there's just no food. Oh, or, like, I know, it, it's it's tough. Um, So, yeah, but I understand what you're saying, because even for me, I, I kind of felt how lucky I was, because it just makes you realize, like, there's other artists who are, like, full, full-time, and like a musician, they are to- they are the first targets. It's like you can't do any shows, public shows. So I was, I was, yeah, I was very. Sh- it made me just think, like hearing from someone that I actually know how how bad it can be that someone is just eating once a day so that they can they can save as much the little money that they have. And once that is over, because it's gonna be over because you're spending it, um, no matter how slowly. So. It's really serious, huh? The world has changed. Like two months, it's just upside down for a lot of people. Which is, yeah. Okay. So, when Swiss Beats uh bought your painting, <laughs> uh, how did that feel? Now, this is not to to discredit any other patches that you've made, because I guess it's like the same money, <laughs> the same currency that they pay. But that might must have been such a big surprise. Oh my god. I cannot I cannot describe it. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I, I was in Town for like we were just setting up that spinning for the Fuga. Mm-hmm. And then he DM'd me. Yeah. On Instagram. Uh-huh. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I, I remember sending a screenshot. My galleries and I was like, oh my god, what is happening? It's <laughs> like, what do we do? How do you respond to me? Do you say sir, hello, or like? Yeah, I know. I would have picked up. Uh, just respond normally, like like usually. Yeah, of course, and of course he does, right? But he might speak. Yeah. Fr- he might start speaking French. What do I do? That's <laughs> If that's just a DM. Yeah, exactly. I tried to be calm. Mm-hmm. I was professional. Mm-hmm. I'm actually very proud of myself. I was like screaming and everything on the outside, but <laughs> yeah, my message was just. Yeah, he asked me to send a picture of what I had left. I sent it and it was just like sold. Wow. Like, what? Oh my god. Yeah. It's now hanging in his um, gallery, right? Because he's collecting these. He's... Yeah, it's called the Dean Collection. The so Dean collection, yes. It's very, I don't know where it's playing in, but, mm-hmm. but I, I know it's, it's in that collection. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was 
I remember crying, like calling you and crying, and going, yes. and going, did Swiss Beats just buy your painting? And you were like, yes. And I, I think by that time you had calmed down, but I had it. Like I had just had the news, and I was yes. Oh my god. It all just started coming back, like you being here and fighting for like to get out of your job and then you finally getting out and like all those times when you were down on yourself and but you kept going and then you left. It's just like all these things accumulating to that moment of like someone being yeah. noticing your your artwork. And of course, again, not to discredit everyone else who does your work, but this is a huge step. Yeah, so that that's all that came. And then I remember our team was just going, Why are you crying? Like, you know, even Jerome was like, No, why are you crying? Like, because it was just such an emotional wreck that day. I just remember it all the times. I was I was so inspired and, and proud and happy. And then I remember I called your mom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, so my mom calls me and she's like, People are calling me. place in Arusha for so long I think it used to be like a like a flower factory long time ago and this guy keeps lowering the rent and we, I, but I, I've told you about this I think no the one in Sakina yes yes you have. exactly and I've been picturing it being this place with um, with creatives and but also that's also to be like people only know that like the only art space 
exactly and it's, it's doing a great job but i think it's time we expand on that and make tanzania have more entities like for for creatives and and not just for tanzanian creatives it's it, an east african african um because we have so much space here that's this is what i'm thinking like compared to that i just feel like there's just space i mean it's like it would be the perfect creative joint you know but also the place in sakina it, it was like an old flower factory and it's like by the road it's excluded a little bit more i've always thought about a residency i mean ever since i went to ghana and i met vabene the artist um i was so inspired by what she's doing and i see the importance of the conversations that come um between african artists and just but but just creating spaces that offer those conversations because yeah so this idea rose from a residency and so many other ideas and just all these conversations just like understanding how for example west africa functions differently from east africa not even just at an art level but just as a life general like a different life level and then you take that back home with you and you function differently and that all rises from like meeting these creative minds and and at residencies and being given tasks together and i think i think i just want to establish an art residency here you know yeah it's one of my ideas exactly finally i've been begging you i've been i've been asking you like sungi can we do this together and you're always i know you're always telling me i don't think friends should do business together and i understand but i think for this particular idea it would be really great to start something yeah. here um to bring to bring sort of like a lively recurrent thing in arusha but also just you have a rise in ideas and different people. because it's such a hub you know it's just like nairobi so many people come here um but i just want a permanent or like sort of something that runs maybe even yes. like six months out of the year where people just are situated here and and you do these creative things yeah it you could be something from scratch you can yeah exactly you can build something from scratch and and i think artists are so so um happy to hear that they can go to another country and just create you know um yeah and then you know from the business business part aspect of it maybe it can be an airbnb i don't know i mean of course with corona we don't know what's gonna happen but like I've, i mean i've just been thinking about it so much i think about it all the time like starting a residency but anyways one thing at a time i'm already doing the street art project let that finish and then i can worry about other things yeah and when do you plan on coming home by the way to do us <laughs> to see me <laughs> no it's okay you came for your birthday that was really nice that was really cool i came in december too you don't remember no you didn't the last time was on your birthday oh my god i can't believe you <laughs> so gay the last time i saw you was on your birthday what did we do? okay tell me what we did in december December. December. First, you had gone. To, you were not. You were not there. You were getting your passport from there. You came late. You phoned me. The first night we went to to the chicken place. Aha. Uh-huh. And I... then we went. To, we spent the night. We went to Grand 
the birthday? Okay. No, my birthday was in July. <laughs> right. Sorry, I kind of like put all that together. Yes, you're right. You came, you went to Laroi, you slept in Laroi, and the room was so dusty. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are back to this dust allergies. Um, <laughs> that was fun. You're right. Talking about friendships. So you, you get very busy. You get very... I mean, you used to tell me that you would set an alarm so you can stop painting. Not start painting, but stop painting. And I was like, okay. She is busier than she's ever been. And of course that made it that I, I you know... We couldn't talk as much and sometimes I just felt really bad. I felt like, okay, and you know how I overreact and overthink, right? So I'm like, okay, Suki's not my friend anymore. Like, yeah, she's just like a person I used to know and she's just like in a different world and that's fine. And then of course that would change when we actually do talk um, and you just kind of understand yeah. that like, okay, it's a different time. Yeah. She's at a different pace, at a different schedule and a different demand for her work she and this is what we were wanting like this is what you wanted right like this yeah. is what we were so i had to like kind of come and you would come me down also like with the talking yeah. just be like yeah that's it's, it's not what it is and so and and you would also admit that like yes i've been dismissive or i've been i haven't i've just forgotten yeah. and and it doesn't mean this or that it just yeah i i knew it was for real when i was telling you about hanging out with another person and you were just like i just wish you could tell me those things and you could it was me there or something like this and i was like okay and it's the same thing it's the same thing that i feel when i hear about like you hanging out with other people which is really interesting you just get jealous and you're like bitch but it's okay <laughs> I think it's uh, no, don't worry. and it just reminded me that I don't think you have to spend all the time. I think it's just yeah. keeping up the communication and reaffirming that like listen, we are good. I don't know, maybe it's just not adults of me. I just feel the need to address that and like talk about it because I have like a like a weird feeling when I feel like okay, maybe something that was really good isn't good anymore. I like talking about it and being reassured and that's just such a childish mentality i think but i think you just no no it's mm -hmm. important because i think if you if, if we have doubts and then they're not addressed and then like they accumulate eventually we believe them mm -hmm. yeah so so that was a that, that was an interesting one but I, i'm very appreciative of how like yeah you explain things and you and you get it Oh, we were supposed to we were supposed to do all the side hustles oh. until now. Well, you you can start with your side hustles. Where are we starting with? Like, what's the timeline? Straight fresh out of university. <laughs> okay. Do you know I went for photography because? Yes. Yes, I tried being a videographer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh huh. I tried being a website designer. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was it called? Uh, it was called Ranky Ranky. Uh, and then I uh, I tried mushrooms. 
Yes. And then I tried hips. Mm-hmm. I tried Bobby in Duruma, mm-hmm. which was like, like the source of all my problems. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. What happened, actually? So you, they, they stole from you or something? Uh, supply them for and business. That, so, that the first, so that was the first farm. And then I, did, I tried the second farm. Mm-hmm. I tried to grow herbs and stuff, but yeah, it, it also didn't work out. Uh, yeah, I tried selling books. You tried to sell what? Milk? The books, the books. The oh books. yeah, books, yes. Yeah, I think those are the ones that I remember. I tried, I tried You also bought um, the coins. Onyx coins. Onyx, yes, those ones. Uh, how did that work out? Was it was it a good investment? Uh, no, people are demanding for their money now. I don't know how it's going to work. All the promises that we were told, nothing has happened so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those, I t- I did parenting trading, mm-hmm. but that I think um, I, I think I'm, I'm still giving it a try. So fresh out of university, I started the, the school program where that's when we met because of the books. But I don't think that was a side hustle because I wasn't really getting paid something to to live off. But I think I think the biggest and the ongoing and the first was the annoying artist. Because immediately I finished with the school program, I just went straight out to annoying artist. And I just had no clue. I mean, I paid 64,000 Tanzanian shillings for five posters. You remember this, right? I still have the receipt. I mean, I did no shit. I I mean, 64,000 was what I would use later for like posters, flyers. Like 64,000 would, would be the advertising money like put aside for three, four months worth of advertising, right? But of course I did not know. So I just got, and, and, and also in the beginning, I was less sure of, my stance on things and i and i thought i would i have to sort of like suck up and go with the first suggestion like i wouldn't do any surveying and of course i had just also just come back to arusha i didn't know where a lot of things were i found these people who make posters but they're like a company that prints for coca-cola and stuff it's cheaper if you take maybe two thousand flyers right so i only wanted five and they just told me their price and I was like, yeah, okay. And in the back of my head, I knew it was really expensive and that, like, where am I going to get that money? But there's something in me that couldn't say no. Um, it was a sister-run company, so it was, like, two sisters running it. And I just fell into the trap. I sold scrap metal. So I, t- I advertised on Arusha Mailing that I'm looking for, 
use like scrap for for like uh, an idea or something in my head i i wanted to make some sort of installation or whatnot actually it, it started with bottles i was collecting bottles like wine bottles and glass i got such a huge response because of course it's just jars and things everywhere I think what it was was someone then contacted me and told me, are you also collecting scrap metal? I have these broken down fridges and washing machines and things like that. I don't know where to put them. And again, didn't know how to say no. Uh, and this guy was just contacting me on email. Like I didn't even have to reply. That's how bad I was with my like saying no. And I was like, yeah, sure. So the next thing you know, at Bamdogo's, there's like washing machines and and fridges and these like old copper things many yeah like a lot and i didn't know what to do with them so i just went and sold it at scrap in the middle of town Uko, so i live in so guess what i got i got seventy thousand. okay i paid 64 for five posters which means i was left <laughs> i mean i was left six thousand <laughs> I mean, of course I had a little bit of cash somewhere else. I mean, it was not smart to use a huge percentage of it. So, was it 70,000 or 170,000? Actually, I think it was... No, I think it was 70,000. Yeah, it was 70. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and yeah, so I spent that money foolishly. And then later my sister was like, just go to quick printers. I mean, 64,000 is like four months worth of supply for that. And I was like, what? So I went to Quick Printers. And of course, I felt so conned. I'm sure I felt so stupid. I was like, these women felt that I was the stupidest person they ever met to pay that amount of money. And then the poster was so many words. Oh my gosh. I didn't know Canva by then. So I was like, it just, I said everything on the poster. Like I said, like I wrote paragraphs and paragraphs instead of just making it really easy and just like say time, place and what it is about. And like, it was such a small font. It wasn't aligned. It was just a disaster. And that poster is it's like smiley faces. No, actually. Oh my gosh. Then I had to pay 40,000 for the poster, I think, for the poster design because I think, oh my gosh. Yeah, actually I didn't do the actual designs because yeah, I couldn't afford to get the non-watermark uh, templates of the internet and I, I don't even know which part of the internet I was googling because I was just I was just not asking around I was just so hard-headed and so I just trusted the same people who charged me 64,000 for five posters to also make the poster for me and I just give them all the content and they were just listening to me they didn't advise me or anything I, I even, <laughs> even thinking about it now makes me feel so stupid anyways short story is that <laughs> it's okay you can laugh at me yeah so short, short story is that i spent way too much money i advertised for this thing it was in april i brought in my own tent i set it up it rained so badly the tent collapsed exactly and you're the only person who showed up um and i was like okay so wasted money didn't bring it back i was so naive you know i didn't plan of course 
so just to mention also the, the readers so of course i had invited people to come and read stories other people have read like i didn't know actually what the annoying artist was about at that time i just knew that i wanted to share my stuff and invite other people to share theirs and debbie i remember who used to live here she came she was one of the readers in the rain cycling and then i think there was one more person i don't know i don't remember but um there was one more person Queen? Liz. Liz, yes, and Liz, you're right. And so there were performers, and you came to like <laughs> support me and be the audience. Yeah, it just didn't happen. But somehow I just said, oh, okay, I'll just shift it to June. I was like, I don't know where I was getting this money. I really don't remember. But um, it was after Moshono, right? It was after the school. So I think I had some, some from after the job. And so, yeah, anyways, we started that. Um, then, then yeah, then I waited in June and then when artist was born and it just kind of slowly became whatever it, it is and it continues to change it's just about everything. It's really just yeah. me doing different projects every month and or every year or anyway, so the annoying artist is like the fast fast side hustle. But with the with the annoying artist came all these other things mm-hmm. and I I sold uh second hand clothing. Yeah. Which was so awesome. It was actually very... It was a learning experience. It got congested really, really fast. And I had to move out. But but at least I did it. And I just continued selling at, at the farmer's market. With that, I was doing the annoying artist. And as it caught up, um, people were telling me, like Freddie and Harley Selassie were telling me, you should come and maybe we could make something out of this space. So I had less time with them, Tumba. So I left that. Well, I was emotional teaching for two months, then I left. Then I went to Ibuka and I stayed there for, was it three months? Maybe three months. What else did I do? Is that it? No, I've done other things. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I sold, I tried, so when the plastic ban was up, I, see I told you this story, I told you, it was, it happened during your birthday when you came to uh, July last year. Peter, oh, yeah. yeah, Peter was selling um, the, the bags. And he had given me, there was a guy who called me, the guy from my boobs, like the guy, my boobs is where we eat. What happened? He told me that he wanted 20 bags, right? Because I was going around saying, okay, I have bags and I was going to get a commission on it. So I called Peter. No, I, I forget about it. And then I text Peter. I'm like, oh, I forgot to tell you that there's a guy who ordered 20 bags. So he calls me and we were having we were, we were having the dinner uh for your birthday. Yeah. And, and he's screaming and he's like, uh, Rukia, you only someone wants twenty bags and you didn't call me. What, what what's that? Call the guy, call back the did you call the guy? I was like, um no. And then and so I call back the guy. <laughs> so I, I text Peter after calling the guy and I'm like, Okay, the guy has sent me money, I will I'll send you the money tomorrow. So Peter was telling me that day, Alifungua whiskey. Yeah, he sat on his balcony. He was so happy. He was like, Keshu, Keshu, na <laughs> He was, he thought he was going to be rich. Kumbe, he thought that I sold 20 bags of like a thousand pieces each. Mimi, I was telling him, I sold 20 pieces. Like 20 pieces. But they're bags, right? They're bags. So me, I said bags. Him, he thought this guy ordered. 20 bags and has already paid yeah exactly but like 20,000 bags so he thought he was rich and he thought he was just going to give me my 2 million <laughs> and then and then we'll be on our way 
So in my money, I sent him his twenty thousand. <laughs> and then he calls me humble. Yemi Ali Geuka. He was so soft. He was like, I'm sorry, I shouted. <laughs> he was like, I'm so sorry, I shouted. Kumbe, it was twenty bucks. I was like, Peter, you thought I had, you thought I had twenty million for you or something. And I was like, Rukia, I was ready to buy a car. I knew my business, my life was looking good. Yesterday I drank whiskey. I sat at the balcony without my shirt. I was happy. I was like, life is really coming together. <laughs> Rukia has really helped me in my life. <laughs> Kumbe, Nempa F. Wishirin. I remember we met him the next day at Africa. Yes, I was dying. Those are the only ones I sold. I sold like, I don't know, 10 bags for 2,000 each. At some point I just returned the bags and I was like, I think I think we just have to find someone else. I think it's okay. And then what other side job did I do? I think those are the only ones, actually. This one, Mka. Mka. Yes, you're coming from down. <laughs> yeah, but that was like a spontaneous idea. Yeah, I was coming from down. I was like, anyway, I can just buy all this charcoal and sell it for a bigger price because charcoal is very um cheap on the roadside, huh? I love Uku. Uku is very expensive. So, yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, so I bought him car, but then I came and then I just, I don't know who I ended up giving it to or something. I didn't buy that much. But I don't know, I just changed my mind like that. Just so, sometimes it's, it's, it's detrimental to my functioning. Yesterday when I was talking to my MP, I was telling him like, I feel like, I feel good about having so many ideas and like being able to execute them. But sometimes I feel like, it's not getting me anywhere. Like, I'm not sticking to one thing. It is a fact. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and, and sometimes I don't know how to tell you this. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Because you're in such a high mood and like, yeah. I feel like I'll hurt you or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fact. Yeah, I think up a lot of stuff. But I, I don't know how to, how to not do those things. Like, for me, I just feel like I must. Do you get what I mean? I don't know. Like, uh, um, you, you don't have to dismiss the ideas. You can write them down. Mm-hmm. And just, I think just writing them down, you know that there's always this idea that I can come back to when I, at the most appropriate time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I always feel like, if not now, then when? Even with this podcast, I, I texted you like, what, two days ago? And I was like, I'm gonna do a po- yeah. I'm gonna do a podcast. And so I'm just going to interview everyone and then put it out there. And that's, it now takes, it's obviously time consuming. So everything else has kind of stopped. I was writing, of course I finished writing and I submitted, but there was a second thing that I was writing, but this idea came on. So I just kind of have to do that. And I just feel like I have to, like if you see, we're doing it now and that's satisfying me. And so that then reinforces the fact that the next time I get another idea, I'll have to do it because then I'll just get satisfied for fulfilling that idea. I think it totally depends on the nature of the idea. Like, of course, this is this you can do it like at any time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't involve any expenses. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe a little bit of that. Yeah. But that's all. But like some ideas can be more risky. Like they involve more maybe money. Yeah. Yeah, and like you have to give up more for them, and then they don't work out. Or they take so much time off of your the main thing that you're doing. Like it can be just like a 
and like the most hard to achieve ideas, they automatically always just fall, like sort of fade away in the background anyways. I mean, I still have the enthusiasm for doing them, but this, I think I'm not hesitant to express that I want to do them, but like in reality, because of what you've said, like that they're just not plausible at the time or whatnot, they just fade away themselves really. Because I can only manage what's easy for me, you know? Um, yeah. Like, what's the one thing you hesitated to tell me about? Because I was in such a high mood and I was telling you an idea and you're just like, oh my God, not again. Which one? Uh, that was like when you wanted to do the bracelet, the drink thing. Oh my gosh. To, yes. We are going to, to something. <laughs> it was called a uh, bubble tea. Bo- Boba. Boba, yeah. Boba, yeah. I wanted to start a bubble tea business. Like, I wanted to build a small um, bajaji in, and turn it into, like, a, a mobile bubble tea stop in Dar es Salaam in Arusha. And I don't know how I was going to do that. Um, which, what was the bracelet one? Uh, no, no, no bracelet. Um, the, the leather thing. I think the leather thing is, uh, is more practical. But, like, you doing them at the same time. And, like, I was, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. You mean the the one out of the tire tubes? Yes. Ah, okay. Then I and I told you, and I called up and I was like, "You should get me tire tubes from Uganda. I think you should just like, Uganda. yeah." Uh, it, it, and for you, one time, one time. <laughs> and you're just like, I think yeah. I I think later you told me like, Kwani, you are going to finish all the tires in Arusha, Javani. Like, you're already thinking you want to import tires to make wallets from Uganda. Just, and it's true. It's like, it's not like I was going to finish all the tire tubes here. But I, I went on with the project and I think, I think it was really nice. And I, I still remain with the um, bags and the wallets at home. And I kind of like having, seeing like all the things that I experimented on and made. Because later on, I can just give them as gifts or like, Put them up and say you know i had made this at a certain time but yeah i had a lot of energy i used to go to moshi like i went to moshi and got um tire tubes um because they were cheaper there and and i went around so much looking for the fundies who had the proper um machine yeah to do the stitching you know because not 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 every not not every machine like not every chariani can can shona the thing yeah so but then very few people have had those tail nani what are they called sewing machines yeah sewing machines um and it was a lot of energy and i definitely didn't get that money back but at least i experienced like making it and all these suggestions and all that i have a lot of stuff like that at home of things that are just like things that i wanted to make and tried and it's okay. On to the next thing. I just, I, I'm kind of just scared though. Is it gonna go anywhere? Like, I want to be a paid creative. Right now, I'm not a paid creative. Sometimes I worry that, like, how long is it gonna be me putting projects out that are not, might not necessarily be bringing me a living. Like, like 10 years from now, still doing this and not really actually have having established myself and, like, gotten a return from it i ask myself that a lot yeah 
yeah, I think it's time to figure out like a strategy where mm-hmm. get an income from all this because you deserve the like you put in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. And like, what about your collection of monologues? What about publish them? My collection of monologues. Yeah, so I'm writing. Yeah, I want, but you remember we had this agreement that we we're going to write our books, right? This year or something like this. <laughs> that sound is not promising. Um, well, I've started already, so. Yes. Yeah, I just found out that I'm really good at short stories. I can't go longer because I just, I have this idea and I know how it's going to start and oh end. Oh my God, I can, I can totally relate. Yeah. I was also talking about no exactly it's true i think i think it's a it's a thing you're wired differently i think there are people who are able to carry on for pages and pages like and i found this out when i was writing a film so i was writing a script right the general rule is that once one page of a script translates to one minute on screen on the on the actual film and so 60 pages is 60 minutes so they recommend that you write like 85 pages to 90 pages in case of there's any edits it will still be around one hour and i tried to write a feature film but i couldn't add anything i put everything down that i wanted to do i structured the story i wrote the thing and it came to 40 pages right there's no way i could add that there's nothing else i could i couldn't add anything that's yeah like i couldn't add anything to the character i couldn't add anything to the backstory i was putting myself pressure that no you have to write a feature film you set out to write a feature film so, so i would just delay things and be like well i'm not finished yet but really i was finished like my story was finished and it's just shorter than a feature film but it can just be a short film that's when i found out like i think i'm just a short storyteller so i said okay i'm just gonna do a collection of short stories and so yeah i don't know how many short stories are gonna be yeah 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 your book is gonna be a bestseller. I I am sure of it. Oh, I, I swear, like because I feel so entertained. Yeah, and it's so relatable. Man, thank you. Yeah, I think doing as as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. And the waiting is almost any self doubt. Like you shouldn't have any trust. Maybe it should be a bit technical stuff. Maybe like the uh, delays and something. But other than that, yeah, I think we should be out like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'm also really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm fasting. This is the time now people start getting tired in the conversation. Thanks, God. <laughs> Please don't make me laugh. What was another thing? Thumpsing. This this was thumpsing. This was thumpsing. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, thank you so much. Like this was so much fun. It was just as I anticipated, expected. Thanks, man. This was something. Thank you, thank you.